the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With SRN News, I am Michael Harrington in Washington. More Muslim terror attacks on Israel today. Rocket strikes from the Gaza Strip. And now a fatality. Israeli man was killed overnight when a rocket hit his house in the city of Ashkelon. Uh, these waves of airstrikes and tank fire that have hit the Gaza Strip uh, by Israel. Uh, Israel says it's targeted 100, uh, more than 100 militant sites. Um, and the Palestinian Ministry of Health in Gaza has said that seven people have died. That's BBC correspondent Tom Bateman. More than 600 rockets have stuck, uh, struck Israel in about the last 24 hours. Authorities say that Boeing 737 that rolled off a runway at a military base in Florida yesterday and wound up in a river, well, it had no prior accidents until yesterday. This is SRN News. Mark Levin likes the way the president has handled the Mueller investigation. This is the only president I know of in modern times who didn't once assert any privilege to prevent anybody from testifying or to prevent a single page of a single document from being provided to investigators. Not once did he assert executive privilege, attorney-client privilege, or any other privilege. Joe Clinton was making up privileges, remember? Mark Levin, weeknights at 8 on AM 1280, The Patriot, Intelligent Radio. Back in our Egan Bay studios, we got a high of 64 degrees today, mostly sunny skies with a low of 42 tonight with a slight chance of rain. And here at AM 1280 The Patriot, we are presenting a -a one-of-a-kind event on Saturday, June 15th. It's called Dive In Dinner and Discussion with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Immerse yourself in intelligent conversation, all while submerged in the Minnesota Zoo's Discovery Bay. RSVP for this exclusive dinner at am1280thepatriot.com. Brad Carlson, show of the Northern Alliance Radio Network starts right now. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go Go flight. flight. We are go for launch in T-3, 2, 1. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan, here is The Closer, Brad Carlson. AM 1280 The Patriot. It is the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with another edition of the broadcast. We like to call The Closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning in. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take your phone call at 651-289-4488. If you'd like to weigh in via Twitter, feel free to do so. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Hashtag NarnShow for any comments or questions regarding today's show content. And as always, we thank you for uh, tuning into the broadcast. Hope you've had a fantastic weekend. Beautiful day yesterday. Actually got outdoors a little bit uh, Finally got out to uh, taking the deck furniture out of the basement and placing it on the deck. It's only early May, so I figured it's, it's high time. So uh, I guess, uh, and then, uh, uh, so I guess if it snows, you can blame me for putting deck furniture out. I will. Just I kinda, will. Kind of like when people say, "Hey, I drained my snowblower, so if it so if it snows, blame me." Well, oh you, yeah, here's I, this guy now. I've oh, got, great. I've got, I've actually uh, got a. Uh, I've actually got a foolproof plan in place for that. I add this uh, fuel stabilizer, which they don't advertise with us, so I'm not going to give them a free plug. <laughs> but if you add it to every time you put gasoline in the snowblower, uh-huh. what little gas you have remaining, you can just leave in all summer in fall, and it'll take a little few cranks to go in the mm-hmm. winter, but it, it, the, the, ga- the gas that's in there for months stays it's fine. good. Yeah, oh, yeah. Interesting. So I don't have to drain it. Again, I'm not going to give this company a plug for, uh, because they don't advertise with us, so... Uh, <laughs> Uh, the powers that be here at Salem, if you're listening to this, uh, uh, have your people call my people. I think I got an endorsement deal lined up. Anyways. It smells good to me. Indeed, indeed. Well, uh, like I say, beautiful, we- beautiful day yesterday. Only 
mid-60s today, but that's tolerable. I can handle that. That's certainly uh, certainly fine. And, uh, you know, early May and gives way to mid-May and late May, June. Summer will be here before you know it. That's Can't sure. wait. Can't wait, indeed. Well, I do want to get to uh, some of the uh, top stories from this past week. I li- I li- if possible, I kind of like to divide it up, do take one hour to talk about the national news and then uh, a different hour to talk about local news. And that's kind of the way we have it today. First hour, talk some national stuff. And by the way, National Political Walk, Matt Makoviak, will be joining us at one fifteen. so next segment, to talk about uh, some national news stories. But I wa- there's been an interesting trend that I've noticed going on with the uh, 2020 presidential uh, candidates on the Democrat side, well, and just leftists in general. Uh, well, first of all, there's some more good economic news has rolled out this past week. Unemployment is at an all-time low. I think since the, like the late 1960s was like 3.9 percent or something like that. Uh, black unemployment, Hispanic unemployment, uh, some record lows. Uh, 263,000 jobs added, which is uh, again well beyond projections. And you contrast that with a lot of months in the Obama economy when. Job growth fell short of projections, or unemployment rate didn't shrink as fast as they needed it to. They would always say, "Well, this is unexpected." Um, when it gets to be twelve to fifteen, twenty months in a row of saying unexpected, um, shouldn't we start to expect the unexpected by that point? And rarely did they ever have three percent GDP growth, especially the last couple of years of the Obama administration. Whereas Contrast that with the Trump administration, there's been consistent 3-plus percent GDP growth. Now, again, you can debate on whether the Trump administration deserves full credit for this economic boom. Certainly some of it they do. I mean, there's no question that the Tax Cuts and Job Act was a boon for this economy simply because a lot of companies saw fit to make multi-million dollars of investments into their companies as a result of this. So that had a direct effect. That you can't deny. Now, I get that economies are, are cyclical, and you know, as Obama left office and Trump assumed office, you had Paul Krugman say, uh, assuring us that not only would a meltdown, an economic meltdown, take place if Trump were elected, but we would never recover. Okay? So that is unequivocally false. That That's empirical. There's no doubt that that's false. But what I've noticed more than anything, is because Democrats can't can no longer go to the collusion well, because that's that's pretty much been settled. And we'll talk about that with Matt Makoviak as well, is how the Democrats' day of reckoning may be coming around, particularly the Obama administration. But how they can, they can no longer do that. They can't ding the Trump administration with bad economic news, because even some national media outlets like CNN are fully admitting how good this economy is. They're not even attempting to spin it. So what do they what do they have to resort to? They have to resort to gaslighting. Basically, don't believe your lying eyes. And this is especially in light of a political story. And this is a regarding the twenty twenty elections. A uh, uh, a leading Democrat strategist and pollster by the name of Celinda Lake. Here was her quote in this political story. Again, this was from this past week. We, meaning Democrats, don't really have a robust national message right now on the economy. We will tend to talk about things like paid leave and equal pay, and those things are all very popular policies uh, until these people are informed how they're paid for, (coughs) might I gross. But they don't add up to an economic message that is robust enough to win the presidency and beat Donald Trump, who talks about a very robust, robust economic policy. You may agree or not with it, but you know what his message is. And Democrats, you don't know what it is. And that's a recipe for disaster in 2020. Again, this is a this is a leading Democrat strategist and pollster by the name of Celinda Lake saying this stuff. So they're they're flat out admitting they don't have one. Don't have a, a coherent message. And we, that's why you have people like Bernie Sanders coming out with these kooky proposals of letting convicted felons, including the Boston Marathon bomber and the Charleston, South Carolina shooter, 
let them have voting rights from behind bars where they're never probably going to leave for the rest of their natural lives. Okay? To try to take focus off that. And this this has already been taking place by some national media outlets too. Just to cut you remember about a month and a half ago, uh a writer by the name of Matt Iglesias, he writes for far left website uh, Vox, uh in a tweet he praised the messaging success over President Trump's uh, Tax Cuts and Jobs Act that the president signed into law at the end of 2017. And he, he flat out said progressive groups did a really good job of convincing people that Trump raised their taxes. And Kamala Harris and Amy Klobuchar, two Democrat presidential candidates, basically came out with the same message as well. Like, well, people are getting a lot less on their tax refunds. The, 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 the tax cuts were a myth. And it's like, you know, if you're a Democrat voter, what what offends you more that these that some of these candidates, these presidential candidates think you're dumb or that they themselves are actually ignorant? Either way, it's not a good look. So what they do is they don't look at your total tax liability, what you actually pay dollar for dollar in taxes, because empirically, again, if you look at what people have paid dollar for dollar in taxes, 80% got a tax cut. Okay, but all people look at is, well, my tax fund and tax refund was a lot less. Yeah, because when you're paying less taxes, you're going to get less back. Just saying. And by the way, this is just an aside. I've never understood the the virtue of a tax refund. That means you let the government have your money uh, interest-free for several months, and you have to go through all this arduous paperwork to get it back. I've never understood that. And again, this comes from a guy who works in finance, so I guess you know I may have more of a uh, broader look at this. Again, I'm not, I'm not saying that my uh, chops are any more impressive than anybody else, but it's just if you look at it and you realize that if we paid our taxes as a bill on a weekly basis, all of a sudden people would probably get a more vested interest in tax reform. But all they do is just you know go about lives and overpay their taxes, and if they get a tax refund, they think they're doing better, and these presidential candidates kind of feed that but there's also uh, another uh, area where the media is gaslighting and it has to do with abortion now president trump this past i believe it was uh, this past weekend last weekend um yeah it was during the white house correspondence dinner last weekend because trump doesn't attend but he he'll he'll go to one of his popular spots and set up a rally and It'll it'll sell out. Order some McDonald's or something like that. Well, that's fast on, food. That's on Air Force One on the way home. Yeah. Oh, that's part me. of the tradition. Yes, yes. But uh, there was an excerpt of a speech that Trump gave in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Again, it was a uh, it was a week ago, and this was from a National Review piece from Alexandra DeSanctis. Uh, Trump noted that the state's Democrat governor, Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers, shockingly stated that he will veto legislation that protects Wisconsin babies born alive, referring to a bill that would require doctors to provide medical care to infants born alive in the course of an attempted abortion procedure. Trump then referenced Virginia Governor Ralph Northam's comments during a late January radio interview in support of a Virginia bill that would have made it easier uh, for women to obtain an abortion during the last three months of pregnancy. Now, in his typical fashion, Trump was overstating what Northam had said. The governor never mentioned executing babies, okay, because Trump's quote was, uh, they, they wrap the baby beautifully, and then the doctor and the mother determine whether or not they will execute the baby. I don't think so. And, of course, Democrats, media, part of the redundancy, just flipped out. My God, executing baby, that's just a flat-out falsehood that's not true. It's absolutely not true. And uh, in his typical fashion, as Alexander DeSanct says in this piece, Trump was overstating what Northam had said. The governor never mentioned executing babies. Uh, media outlets were quick to accuse the president of offering incendiary falsehood on abortion and to put an unbelievably pleasant spin on Northam's remarks. Representative Ilhan Omar, Democrat out of our state of Minnesota, meanwhile called Trump deranged and suggested that his comment would cause violence. But what did the governor actually say about care for newborn infants, and was Trump's representation really that off the mark. Well, you can go to YouTube. I don't got time to get to the clip. You can go to the YouTube and find Ralph Northam's interview that he did on Virginia radio station WTOP. And here's the money quote. This is what Governor Northam said word for word. 
If a mother is in labor, the infant would be delivered. The infant would be kept comfortable. The infant would be resuscitated if that's what the mother and the family desired. And then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother. Okay? So, basically, if it's resuscitated, fine. If not, just let it die a death. But Trump called that an execution. Is that technically an execution? I, I wouldn't I wouldn't go that far. But I think Alexandra DeSanctis, again, whose piece I cited here, she, she said it best via Twitter. Um, you know, she kind of takes the Democrat argument and paraphrases it. Well, Ralph Northam didn't say it's okay to execute newborn infants. He just said it's okay to let them die from lack of medical care. And as Alexandra DeSanctis beautifully pointed out on Twitter, um, that's not the game-changing moral distinction you think it is. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag NARNShow. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Policies issued by American General Life Insurance Company, Houston, Texas. Not available in all states. For details, visit AIGdirect.com. Do you have a family? Would you like to help make sure they'll be taken care of if anything were to happen to you? If you answered yes, you probably need life insurance. Now, do you think life insurance is expensive? If you answered yes to that, too, you definitely need to give AIG Direct a call. We could find you a quarter of a million dollar policy for just $14 a month, which means you could save hundreds of dollars a year. Call us now for a free, no-obligation quote. 1-800-930-2646. Since 1995, we've helped millions of people find out if they could save up to 70% on their term life insurance. See how affordably we can help you protect your family. Call AIG Direct now for your free quote. 1-800-930-2646. You could save up to 70%. That's 1-800-930-2646. 1-800-930-2646. Hey, it's Lee Michaels here with one of the newest members to the Patriot family. I am proud to be associated with Mike Murphy with EXP Realty. Now, it's a name that's familiar to some of you, but it's not our Mike Murphy. It's our new Mike Murphy. Mike, it is great to have you here. Thanks, Lee. We are excited to work with the Patriot and your listeners. Now, tell me, what makes eXp Realty different? eXp is a cloud-based brokerage. We like to call it the future of real estate. A lot of people get frustrated with the gimmicks and overpromises of many real estate agents. We pride ourselves on being different. No gimmicks, just great service. When you call our number, you will speak to me or my wife, Sharon, not an inexperienced team member. So if they want to speak to you or your wife, Sharon, how do they get a hold of you? Give us a call at 651-216-7870 or go to MikeMurphyTeam.com. It's that simple. If you're thinking about selling your home, check out Mike Murphy Team with eXp Realty, 651-216-7870 or online at MikeMurphyTeam.com. As leftist waves of false accusations, radical policy, and fake news continue to crash on shore, it's up to us to prevent our American values from eroding away. Join us in keeping the Twin Cities right and welcoming to town our newest on-air host. Dive in. Dinner and discussion with Dr. Sebastian Gorka is a -a one-of-a-kind event at Minnesota Zoo's gorgeous Discovery Bay, a unique space surrounded by a million gallons of water full of jellyfish, sharks, and all sorts of sea life. Immerse yourself in intelligent conversation about the heated 2020 presidential race, Dr. Gorka's time on staff at the White House, religious liberty, and much more. Dive in. Dinner and discussion with Dr. Sebastian Gorka arrives at port on Saturday, June 15th. This is an exclusive event, and seating is limited. Swim over to am1280thepatriot.com today. Welcome back, AM1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N-Show. Any comments or questions, as always, we appreciate you tuning in. 
It is always an honor to be joined by national political wonk Matt Mikowiak. He's the founder of Potomac Strategy Group and runs a uh, fantastic podcast in addition to a uh, weekly Washington Times column. Just go to MacOnPoliticsPodcast.com. That's M-A-C-K, MacOnPoliticsPodcast.com. For some of the latest, I see that he had the opportunity to talk to uh, Senator Mike Lee recently so uh i gotta i guess i have some podcasts to catch up on so i will definitely <laughs> take care of that post haste matt mccoviak always good to have you in the broadcast sir how are you i'm doing great Brad. how you doing uh doing very well thank you uh a lot to get to from this past week to be sure uh did want to get your insight of course on attorney general william barr testifying before both the house and senate judiciary committees this past week and of course matt as we all know he released a four-page summary of the Mueller report about a month and a half ago and then a lightly redacted report of issue of the Mueller report uh shortly thereafter and yet uh democrats came out and uh, all of a sudden feel bill barr should resign he even uh, perjured himself in his testimony before congress uh that would seem kind of brassy to say something to make misstatements after he uh, released the full report, Matt Makoviak. Is this uh, much ado about nothing from our Democrat friends here? Yeah, I think it is. And look, there's a huge disconnect here um, in the sense that you know Democrats are acting like this is a you know Attorney General needs to be uh, impeached, uh, and and obviously folks on the other side are saying, look, you know, w- what is the problem here? Um, you know, the, the 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 one charge is that he lied to Congress because of the question he was asked by Congressman Charlie Crist of Florida. If you look back at what, the way that question was asked, he answered it in a specific way. Sure. Um, and I, I think his answer was actually fine. I don't think he lied to Congress under oath. Um, in fact, once he said that he had not, uh, once he initially, uh, you know, said no, he was asked about whether the Mueller team had been in touch with him. Uh, he then, you know, detailed that that uh, you know that they wanted probably some more information released, you know, more quickly. So if he was going to, you know, totally try to uh, lie about it, uh, you wouldn't give the truth right after the lie, and that's, you know, what he did. So look, this is a <clears throat> kind of amazing to me that it sounds like what Democrats are are really mad about when you get down to the bottom of it is that that Barr didn't release Mueller's summaries, that instead of prioritizing the summaries, he prioritized the entire report, which is what he did, um, which, of course, includes the summaries. So, you know, to me, this is about, um, you know, the Dems not being able, not being willing to accept the, the findings of the Mueller report, the conclusions that were drawn, and, uh, you know, they're, 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 you know, basically striking out at Barr because he's the new target. Um, you know, look, this story's not over. Um, we're going to see, um, you know, what happens in terms of Barr perhaps testifying in front of the House at some point. They've made this ridiculous claim that not only should he be questioned by members, but also by staff. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that's not what happens when a constitutionally appointed and confirmed officer, uh, you know, government official uh, testifies. He's not, a, he's not a, you know, on trial. Uh, he's he's uh, testifying in front of Congress, um, to Congress. So <clears throat> there's that question. Uh, then we have the question of whether Mueller testifies. Um, it appears Nadler, the chairman of the uh, House Judiciary Committee, is targeting Mar- May 15th. The date has not been agreed to. So we'll see kind of where that goes. And then the last thing, Brad, that's really important, too, and it's not getting that much attention, is, you know, we're expecting the inspector general for the Justice Department, Horowitz, to issue a report perhaps at the end of May or perhaps early June, which is going to go into, um, you know, how we got the Mueller uh, inquiry in the first place. And really, even before that, how the counterintelligence operation and the FISA warrants all originated uh, based on kind of, you know, the inclinations and the, the uh, kind of initial information at this point, it's not it's not likely to be a very good uh, day for Democrats when that re- report comes out. It's likely to go into the origins of the, of the, 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 the um, uh, Steele dossier, uh, should be explaining, you know, how the FISA warrants were sought, uh, whether, you know, the full story was presented to the court. Uh, so <clears throat> there's just <clears throat> I think I think a lot of people probably want the story to just go away in the sense that Mueller did his investigation. He didn't find any evidence of conspiracy or collusion, and he found evidence on both sides on obstruction and left it to the attorney general, and he decided not to pursue charges. And so from a sort of legal standpoint, this thing's over. Um, from a political standpoint, the battle goes on and on and on. And 
I think you saw this week Democrats really kind of fail um, to, to, to nail, you know, bar to the wall. He got through six hours of testimony in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee, uh, and then the House did this, you know, circus-like uh, hearing in abstentia uh, where Barr wasn't there. So, mm. I, you know, I, I think the Barr, uh, you know, these arguments against the sitting attorney general are stunningly weak, uh, and, and I don't think it's really going to go anywhere. They may hold him in contempt. Uh, you know, Eric Holder was held in contempt by Congress, too. It doesn't really mean very much. Um, but look, the Democrats are going to keep fighting because they, they feel like they have to. And that is because they simply will not accept what Mueller found, which is not very much. And of course, uh, the Democrats were certainly uh, taken aback by uh, Attorney General Barr using the uh, term spying in reference to uh, apparently allegations that the Obama administration had uh, planted spies within the Trump campaign, obviously prior to the 2016 election. Uh, and during these hearings, uh, Barr indicated that this isn't something that'll possibly go away either. Is that uh, is that a fair assessment, Matt Makoviak? Yeah, I mean, there's actually two <clears throat> two aspects of that that are really important. I'm glad you brought that up. The, the first is, you're exactly right. I mean, when when Barr used the word spying, um, not just uh, not just in, in in this week, but a couple weeks ago when he was already testifying. I mean, the the Democrats in the media just you know had a total total you know, nuclear meltdown. Um, and at the time, you know, it, it was more of an open question as to whether it was truly an appropriate word or not. Um, you know, if, if a FISA warrant is sought and is appropriately sought and is, and is approved, uh, I don't know that, that, that most people would use the word spying. I think they would use the word, you know, uh, uh, you know lawful surveillance, right? <clears throat> um, you know, but in this case, uh, we had this amazing <clears throat> New York Times story of all places this week where it's pretty clear that the FBI sent, um, I think the counterintelligence term is honeypot, uh, but essentially, essentially a female, uh, you know, intelligence operative to go, you know, get information from George Papadopoulos. Um, And and that was a new detail that we hadn't seen. So, you know, we're we're getting to the point where we're parsing words uh, in a way that's just absurd. uh, If you're going to argue that that's not spying, so but to, to the, sec- the second point to your question, though, is that, yes, Barr is looking into all of this. Um, he's, I'm sure, um, ultimately going to be reviewing the findings of the inspector general, but he is looking into, you know, the FISA warrants um, and the Steele dossier uh, and all of those aspects of the story. And that's something that, that uh, Senate uh, Judiciary Chairman Lindsey Graham is also interested in looking into. Uh, go over the next few months, and in fact, the president this week said he's ex- he is planning to declassify a number of government records related to all of this over the next couple months. So, you know, we've seen the president talk about how it's important that we investigate the investigators uh, now that the Mueller report, you know, it concluded. And I do think we're entering a new chapter now, and you're going to see, I think, even more hysterical overreactions from. Democrats in the media, because I think they're truly afraid of what what might come out here. You know, I'll say one last thing. Barr mentioned that, that they're uh, under oath on uh, whatever day that was, Tuesday or Wednesday, when he was testifying in front of the Senate, um, that, that they have active leak investigations underway as well. That's another aspect of this that is crucial. I mean, it's important to understand how all this was happening. Um, you know, that, that the, um, you know, that, that Papadopoulos and Carter Page uh, led to the counterintelligence investigation, which led uh, to the Steele dossier, which led uh, to the FBI investigating Trump, which led to uh, the appointment of the special counsel. I mean, it, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, one thing leading to another. And so I think what, what Barr and, and just to a lesser extent uh, Chairman Graham want to do is go back to the origin to see, was this thing founded appropriately at the very beginning? And, and were there any, were any laws broken? Uh, there's still huge questions about, you know, things like unmasking, things like whether the full story was presented uh, to the FISA court, uh, why so much of the Steele dossier was, was inaccurate, if not all of it. Um, you know, they, they, there's so much more to know there and to learn, and Democrats seem to have almost no interest in, in learning uh, anything more about it. Once again, we are joined by our uh, friend and uh, national political walk, Matt Makoviak. Again, check out his uh, fantastic work. 
MacOnPoliticsPodcast.com. That's M-A-C-K, MacOnPoliticsPodcast.com. Not only will you get to check out his uh, weekly podcast, but also he has a uh, Washington Times column that is uh, out every week as well. Uh, Matt, we need to go to a break here real soon. Are you able to hold over for one more segment? Sure. Okay. Again, uh, Matt has agreed to hang over for uh, one more segment. And uh, we're going to definitely uh, switch gears a little bit to talk about the 2020 uh, Democrat presidential candidates. Uh, Joe Biden got in the race recently, uh, brought in a significant haul within the first 24 hours. Is this Biden's uh, nomination to lose? We'll get Matt's insight on that and uh, amongst uh, and some of the other candidates as well right here. And if you'd like to give us a call, 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Join Gene Sullivan each week on Where You Live, where he takes on... Uh, Gene, who do you take on anyway? Maniacal landlords, slippery renters, overbearing HOA boards, demanding homeowners. Oh, and the legislative lunacy brought on by local politicians wanting to fix everything for us. It's a common sense perspective on the news and stories that affect you the most right where you live. Join Gene Sullivan every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. on AM 1280 The Patriot. It's time for the Narn Report. There's an old saying. It's attributed to everyone from Joseph Goebbels to Mark Twain, but it goes, if you repeat a big lie often enough, people will believe it. And the fact is, it's true. It's a matter of repetition. Hearing something over and over is the same as repeating something. Anything from your golf swing to a surgeon perfecting her sutures, it's part of making it literally second nature to you. So, what does that mean politically? Conservatives sometimes chuckle at the crazy things progressives say as being part of an appeal to low-information voters. And it is... But the laughter is misplaced. Telling someone abortion is safe, rare, and legal, or law-abiding gun owners are the real danger, or Obama had no scandals, isn't just sloppy. It's intentional. If you repeat something often enough, well, you get the point. I'm Mitch Berg. Join the conversation Saturday and Sunday afternoons from 1 to 3 here on AM 1280, The Patriot. Every parent has seen a time where dinner is on the table and one of the parents is trying to help with the homework and it explodes in your face. You all of a sudden have one child crying, dad is upset, mom is standing there looking with her hands up in the air. What do we do now? That was the time when we went to the professionals at Mathnasium. Hi, I'm Brenda from Southwest Minneapolis. We discovered that Skylar needed a little bit of, um, of help during parent-teacher conferences in the second grade. That's why we went to Mathnasium. The results that we've seen so far are just stellar. At the beginning of school last year, she essentially did not want to go to school. Six months into the program, she was basically counseling and helping other kids in her math group. Her confidence ballooned. I would highly recommend Mathnasium. Enroll in Mathnasium summer program to make your child's future greater than their past. For $100 off enrollment, go to the advertiser page at am1280thepatriot.com and find the Mathnasium Center near you. He arrived right at noon to get the toilet in shape when all of a sudden their dog Hershey escaped. And rather than stand there flat on his feet, he set down his tools and chased her down the street. He's your Benjamin Franklin plumber, and he's a true legend. 952-933-8888. Save $200 on water heaters. Dogs love warm baths, too. Welcome back, Cam 12 the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. 651-289-4488 is the number to call. You can also uh, reach out to us via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow, hashtag N-A-R-N Show for any comments or questions. And as always, thank you for tuning in. Uh, continuing our discussion with political wonk Matt Mikowiak, a GOP strategist and founder of Potomac Strategy Group uh, talked uh, quite a bit about A.G. Barr's uh, testimony in the first segment. Definitely want to get to the latest in the Democrat presidential candidates vying for the nomination in 2020 to oppose 
President Trump. I'm Matt McCoviak. Former Vice President Joe Biden brought in uh, quite a haul the first 24 hours, $6.3 million edging out uh, Beto O'Rourke and Bernie Sanders, who brought in similar amounts in their first 24 hours after declaring. Uh, Matt, we talk, you know, you and I are on Twitter quite a bit, and uh, a lot of the uh, those left of center we engage with seem to be kind of the, uh, uh, I guess for lack of a better phrase, woke progressives in that they're big into intersectionality politics. I mean, the more check marks they have on the scorecard, you know, minority, female, homosexual, the better. Uh, never, But as we look at the Democrat primary overall, I mean, even before Joe Biden declared, he and Bernie Sanders were near the top of the polls. And at least the first couple of weeks, Matt McCoviak, Joe Biden just has unbelievable leads, not only in the overall polls, but amongst many demographics. Uh, I guess my question is, Matt, is this uh, pretty much Joe Biden's nomination to lose at this point? Well, if I'd say that, I mean, I think he's clearly in first place and he has a significant lead. It's obviously still very early. Sure. You have the uh, televised debates beginning in June. Mm -hmm. I think that'll be an important, you know, different chapter. We'll see the candidates answering questions, how they perform, you know, under under pressure, perhaps going after each other. Uh, I think what's clear is Biden got through, you know, the first week or so of his new candidacy pretty well. Uh, He had some, you know, some gaps. He said, you know, China's not a threat, which is pretty ridiculous. A couple other minor things, I think. But the fundraising went well. and he's maintained his lead in the polls. Now, I think a lot of that still is name identification. Um, and so I think his lead is probably soft. But, yeah, right now, look, I think if you said, you know, would you would you wager that the nominee is Biden or Bernie or the field, I think you'd take Biden or Bernie. Um, if you said Biden or the field, I think you'd probably take the field. Mm. Uh, so so I, I just, you know, this thing obviously is, is going to be really unpredictable. Um, I think one of the other stories um, that I think has has gotten needs to get more attention is, <clears throat> much to my surprise, <clears throat> Elizabeth Warren has has uh, regained some some of her momentum that she'd lost. Uh, she's moved back up in the polls a little bit. She's getting uh, you know some attention and some praise for releasing a lot of policy plans and a lot of issues. And of course, I strongly disagree with almost everything she believes, sure. but. She's put actual plans out there, which is something that's made her different from a lot of the other candidates. And she has this kind of motto, I've got a plan that's gotten some attention. So, look, do I think she's going to be a nominee? No, I think she's actually in many ways a weak candidate. But she has regained some, some momentum in the last, um, you know, few, few weeks. I think that – and I think she – you know, she and Bernie are c- competing for the same voters, um, not just geographically in New Hampshire, but also ideologically. Um, and so, you know, the question is, who, who is going to be competing for for uh, for Biden's voters? You know, is that Pete, uh, Pete Buttigieg, the mayor of South Indiana? Is it Beto? Uh, is it someone else? Uh, it just remains to be seen. Um, you know, you're right, though, I think, in the way that you framed it. Uh, Biden is really not the nominee the Democratic base wants. Uh, he's he's yesterday's news. He's moderate. He's old school. Uh, he's not a, really a progressive He's white, he's male, <laughs> he's straight, <clears throat> you know, so uh, he doesn't check hardly any of the boxes. I think that uh, one of the arguments, though, is that Biden, you know, would, would be a potentially strong candidate against Trump. And so, yes. you know, you and I have talked about this before, you know, it's going to be interesting to see whether this Democratic primary is driven by uh, purity or if it's driven by electability. You know, if it's driven by electability, Biden uh, would be, you know, would be the beneficiary. If it's driven by purity, that that may be someone like Bernie or Kamala Harris or Elizabeth Warren who ultimately emerges. So we'll have to see kind of what happens over time. Uh, you you brought up uh, Pete Buttigieg, mayor of South Bend, Indiana. Obviously, he's made a very uh, surprising showing. I mean, when he first entered in, it barely made a ripple effect in the news because you think you're you know small town mayor just trying to make a bigger name for himself. But uh, he has done surprisingly well. Considering that, um, you know, I'll just ask what everybody else has on their mind, Matt McCoviak. I just like your insight. Uh, were, were did if he did not have the intriguing background he has, i.e., he's a gay man, openly gay man, would he even be getting any traction at all? Um, I know so it's a politically I, correct, I, yeah. incorrect question. No, I understand. But, <laughs> I understand. I think there's two ways to, to think about that. Okay, I think number one. Um, I think you know that kind of identity is is, is valuable in the Democratic Party. Sure. So so there's no doubt that I, 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 in much the way that I think being African American was an advantage to Obama in 08 mm-hmm. uh, in the Democratic primary, I think being gay is an advantage to Buttigieg in in 2020. Um, 
Now, that said, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I'm a big believer that good gets better and bad gets worse, right? And, and Buttigieg has weaknesses, um, but he has a lot more strengths than he has weaknesses. He's a, he's a natural talent. He's, you know, very authentic. He's obviously very intelligent. He's done a lot in his life for someone who's 37 years old. Yep. Um, and I think what you're seeing is that he's just getting more and more and more opportunities to introduce himself to Democratic voters, uh, you know, doing lots of interviews. He's taking almost every interview he can do. He's done something like 30 or 35 podcasts uh, to this point. They've really had a strategy of putting him out there as much as possible. And so if you have a candidate that has, you know, has, you know, real skill, you want them to be out there. If you have someone who, you know, is a little bit awkward, um, you want to protect them. And in fact, the the contrast between the way Buttigieg campaigns and the way uh, Biden campaigns is striking. There was quite a bit of backlash this week at the way that Biden campaign is limiting uh, press interaction, um, you know, kind of <laughs> Secret Service being kind of uh, physical with some of them and, you know, not allowing, you know, basic interactions and things like that. So uh, so we'll see. Uh, look, he, he's an intriguing candidate. He's clearly overperforming. Um, I have to I have you know quite a bit of doubt that he has a chance to be the nominee uh, ultimately. But could you see a scenario where he's you know, one of the two or three final candidates, I think it's possible. He could finish a strong maybe second in Iowa, um, you know, and get a look. You know, be a, you know I think he's got a, a bright future in the Democratic Party. I think the question is, can he find another role short of being the nominee that's going to give him greater experience uh, and credentials, you know, in the meantime? Uh, you know, he ran, <clears throat> he ran for statewide office in Indiana. He ran for treasurer. Oh, what year would that have been? It would have been, I don't know, eight or ten years ago. He was quite, quite a bit younger. Sure. Um, and, he, and he ran against Richard Murdoch, who you may remember uh, ran for U.S. Senate. Yes. And had, uh, you know, had some kind of uh, language that was not, not good. I remember used, well, yes. <laughs> yeah, and, and lost that Senate race. But he lost a statewide race uh, in Indiana earlier in his career by quite a big margin. And so um, I guess the point is, you know, Indiana remains a pretty Republican state. There's probably not a clear path to him being a statewide elected official in that state. So the question is, you know, what do you do if you don't become the nominee? Could he be the VP? Could he be in the cabinet? I think those things are, you know, those things are possible. Uh, so we'll see how he does. Um, I think he just continues to sort of overperform at every level within, you know, interviews. Uh, I imagine he'll do that in the televised debates. He's, you know, started raising pretty decent money. So he's, he's really got momentum right now. And in a, in a field of 22 candidates with more joining next week, um, you know, having momentum is a valuable thing. You know, we uh, we mentioned how Joe Biden, at least among the current field, uh, set the record first 24 hours of ra- fundraising, $6.3 yeah. million. Uh, second most was uh, someone with whom you're very familiar your home, from your home state of Texas, uh, Beto O'Rourke, had a very big splash, obviously, early on. Has really fallen off. Uh, to what do you attribute that, Matt McCovey? Is it just because there are just so many candidates, he just doesn't have anything that stands out, or is it because uh, I, I was going to say wacky policy positions? But let's be honest, a lot of them have their own crazy positions in their own right. But to what do you attribute uh, Beto's uh, sudden fall off? Yeah, it's it's a great question. I mean, you know, there may be no one who had a bigger splash when they entered the race than he did, if you remember. I mean, mm-hmm. CNN and, and MSNBC were taking his first event, you know, live from Iowa. I don't remember anyone else having that benefit. Um, Vanity Fair cover, you know, you can get on the list. And, and, of course, the fundraising that came along with that. It is interesting. I mean, the Democratic base has basically turned on him. Um, you know, they, I think what they're what they're realizing is something that, that some, some people in Texas realized over the last two years, and that he's – you know, to use a Texas phrase, he's all hat and no cattle, right? He's kind of all sizzle, sure. no steak. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of charisma there. It, you know, there's a lot of sort of style, not a lot of substance. In fact, he really hadn't put any uh, policy proposals out till this past week when he put out a, you know, an incredibly expensive climate change proposal. I forget the, the cost on it. It was massive. Um, so I think he is definitely losing momentum, Um you know, it's not clear he's going to be a contender, um, even in Texas. I mean, we had you know, he came back to Texas this week to do a few events, and uh, he was doing a convention, uh, excuse me, a commencement speech at a small college in Dallas. He did some events uh, while he was here. You know, he said, "Look, I'm not even sure I can win Texas. I mean, I'm not to com- compete to win Texas." And and it was interesting because at the same time he was doing that, there were two or three other Democrats in Texas campaigning as well. I think Bernie Sanders was here. Uh, at the same time, uh, Julian Castro, I think, was doing some events, and I forget there was at least one other person. So 
Yeah, I just don't know quite <clears throat> where he fits uh, in, the, in the Democratic primary. He doesn't have the credentials to President of the United States. I think that's pretty clear. Um, he's not really checking the boxes on the policy side. He's, he's sort of pseudo-progressive, but his record in Congress is insufficient. Um, and I think people are just kind of kind of frustrated uh, on the Democratic side that, that he's running and, and that he's taking up space and he's taking attention away from more credible candidates. You're starting to see some of the female Democratic voters be very frustrated that the polls have nothing but men at the top. Mm-hmm. And they look at someone like Bateau and they sort of blame him because they don't think he should be running for president. And they certainly don't think the attention he gets is something he's earned compared to a Senator Amy Klobuchar, Senator Kirsten Gillibrand, Senator Elizabeth Warren, et cetera. Once again, we've been joined by Matt McCoviak. Again, check out his fantastic work. Mac on politics podcast.com. That's M A C K Mac. <laughs> on politicspodcast.com, where, again, you can check out his podcast as well as his weekly Washington Times article. Matt, we appreciate your time. Thanks so much uh, for joining us, and uh, have a great rest of your weekend. You too. Take care. And uh, Mark is calling in on line two. Mark, if there's any way you can hold during the break, I promise I will take your call when we come back for our final segment this hour right here on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Hi, this is Terry Sandvold, CEO of Sandvold Financial Group and host of Money Talks. Sandvold Financial Group would like to help provide the sturdy foundation for your financial future. We want you to plan for tomorrow, today. Give us a call to attend an upcoming seminar at 952-544-2837. That's 952-544-2837. Or go to helpmeterry.com to set up a no-cost financial review today. Registered representative of and independent of Questar Capital Corporation. Member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Questar Asset Management. Center of the American Experiment is pleased to announce that Candace Owens will be the keynote speaker at their 2019 annual dinner. Candace Owens is the founder of Blexit, a movement dedicated to driving conservative principles into urban communities. Center of the American Experiment's annual dinner will be held at the Hilton Minneapolis on Saturday, May 18th. For more information and to purchase tickets, visit AmericanExperiment.org. That's AmericanExperiment.org. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head? Comb it over? Wear a hat? Just stop. This isn't 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration expert, can give you your real natural hair back permanently. They're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to everyone who texts SAVE22 to 85850. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. You wash it. You cut it. It's your own real naturally growing hair. And the best part, Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let them show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text SAVE22 to 85850. That's S-A-V-E-22 to 85850. Why do so many people think the Bible, the most influential book in world history, is outdated? Why do friends and neighbors dismiss the Bible as irrelevant, immoral, or irrational? In Dennis Prager's new book, The Rational Bible, Genesis, Dennis shows that the Bible is still powerfully relevant to today's issues. Go to am1280thepatriot.com and click on Fan Club to register to win a copy of The Rational Bible, Genesis. Luox Heating and Air. Right now at Blue Ox Heating and Air. BOGO. Buy one, get one free. Buy one high-efficiency furnace and get one air conditioner free. Plus, financing available with 18 months no interest. Some restrictions apply. Call for complete details. Offer ends May 15. BOGO. 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 Blue Ox Heating and Air. Legendary service. Install and repair. We'll fix anything with legendary care. Welcome back, AM 1280, The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. This is me, Brad Carlson, closing out this weekend's edition of Northern Alliance Radio Network programming. You can catch my friend and colleague, King Banyan, on our sister station, AM 1440, The Businessman. It's The King Banyan Show, Saturdays, 9 to 11 a.m. 
And my friend and colleague Mitch Berg on these very airwaves, AM 1280 The Patriot. He's on Saturdays, 1 to 3 p.m. He is the headliner edition. I am the closer, closing out weekend Sundays, 1 to 3. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, we've scheduled to have Salem uh, Communications Twin Cities General Manager Nick Anderson join us uh, this segment to promote a very special Patriot event coming up next month. Unfortunately, Nick is a little under the weather, so we understand he's not able to join us. That's perfectly fine. I know what goes into these Patriot events, and we need Nick to save up his energy uh, to uh, hit these hit the uh, uh, preparations for these events with everything he has. So uh, we certainly uh, understand and appreciate uh, why Nick isn't able to join us. So perfectly fine. I, I promise I'll, I'll get to the event myself, probably the second hour. Again, the uh, event that you've probably been hearing on commercials. Uh, throughout the uh, throughout the week, and I'll uh, address it a little bit further. Uh, is Mark still with us? Fantastic. Mark, I appreciate your patience. Always appreciate you calling. You are on the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Go ahead. Brad, thanks for taking my call. I was going to ask Matt, but I'd like maybe your opinion, too. I can't think of a candidate amongst the 20 or 30 candidates so far that are, other than Joe Biden, who were competitive in the blue wall states that Donald Trump won and uh, has a black vote, more excited because uh, Joe Biden is very popular amongst the amongst the black vote. Sure, and those two, I can't think of another candidate that uh, running for the party that comes close to Joe Biden. And the Democrats want to win. I, I get that that that, that uh, they want to beat Donald Trump. That's our number one goal. I, yep. You know, so I'll just I'll hang up and listen to your opinion on on the blue wall states and the, and a more excited black vote. Biden's the only one they see. I'll hang up and listen. Thanks. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, appreciate it, Mark. Thanks so much. And and I alluded to it a little bit in the first segment, talking about how the Democrats are trying to gaslight on the economy because economy has just been historically good under Trump. And again, whether or not he deserves credit or not, the fact of the matter is because people feel like they're doing well, you know, they may attribute it to who's currently in power. I have no idea. I know black unemployment is among historic lows. So will that be a feather in Donald Trump's cap? P- possibly. And, and I think you're exactly right. Joe Biden certainly has uh, the gravitas with the African-American vote. Uh, Kamala Harris, who herself, I believe, I forget which of her parents was uh, is black. Obviously, she has some of that in her lineage. That Whether that's an advantage or not, I, I would think it would be some sort of an advantage. But you bring up a good point because the black vote is obviously very important to the Democrats because they've been at least the most recent elections, getting at least 90% of the black vote, whereas President Obama, of course, upwards of 95, 96% of the black vote. And if they get anything, and if Republicans even get into double digits of the black vote, 10%, I think Donald Trump had 12% last election, that is significant. And that's why the Democrats are coming out with issues like uh, reparations, you know, for reparations for slavery. And again, whether that has any legs, I have no idea. But you can tell that they're using that as an issue to try to appeal to uh, to black votes. Uh, also, the the talk on racial injustice. That's something that's prominent among Democrats as well. And it certainly doesn't help the Democrats that Van Jones, a committed leftist, has come out and lauded the Trump administration for their work on criminal on, on uh, prison reform, you know, sentencing reform. Van Jones has given props to conservatives on this issue. He even came to CPAC, you know, Conservative Political Action Committee conference a few months ago, saying, you all need to pat yourselves on the back. This is great how you've taken control of this issue and what the Trump administration has done on this. Okay, Van Jones, committed leftist. All right? That's not helpful to the Democrats' cause. So, Mark, that's that's an interesting question. Uh, As far as who else might be able to appeal to the African-American vote, uh, like I say, uh, I I don't know if anyone else other than Biden has the chops. That's why Bernie Sanders came out and said that uh, you know, and he called uh, the uh, height the uh, prison uh, sentences that are handed down to a lot of a lot of black men as you know disproportional to black men. Bernie Sanders is calling that voter disenfranchisement. Okay, that's why he's a big advocate for people behind bars being able to vote because he thinks that's a way to to appeal to them i i don't know that that's true but that's bernie sanders tactic and i i has that backfired i i don't know i haven't seen any polling on that but that just seems a very cynical ploy i by bernie sanders to to call uh 
prison sentencing as a type of voter disenfranchisement? Uh, that that seems a stretch, especially when he was backed into a corner and said, well, you know, there, there's some bad people, uh, you know, if we take their voting rights away, like the Boston Marathon bomber or the uh, Charleston, South Carolina shooter, that's a slippery slope. Now, he didn't name those two specific individuals, but there was a young lady at his town hall who asked specifically about the Boston Marathon bomber saying, Senator Sanders, are you basically saying someone like that should be able to vote? And he didn't say no. I'm just saying. So uh, they are definitely trying to make inroads because uh, there was an Axios story that came out about a month ago that basically talked about black voters, particularly black women, uh, have the potential to play a decisive role in the Democratic Party's attempt to defeat President Trump. Okay, And Trump is very weak with women of all demographics, whether it's college-educated women or non-college-educated women, uh, single women, uh, married women he did better with, but still not as strong as he could be. So, yeah, I think just women in general are obviously are going to play a huge, huge role in this. But uh, black women in particular, that's why you're hearing a lot of these issues coming forth. And that's why someone like uh, Elizabeth Warren, a.k.a. Focahontas, is coming out and wanting to say, well, we should get rid of all student loan debt. And you had Ilhan Omar coming out on Twitter. I know she's not running for president, but she say, well, this is a popular issue. Look at this. Overwhelmingly, Americans uh, want... Uh, uh, Student loan debt's forgiven. Really? That's a popular issue amongst Americans. They want someone to eliminate their debt. Who would have guessed that would have been such a popular issue, right? <clears throat> Until they find out how it's paid for. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, this is something that's going to obviously be fleshed out a little bit more. Like Matt alluded to, there will be some Democratic debates taking place uh, in June, and you're really going to start to see where the uh, candidates come out on the issues, and obviously there will be some egg, there will be some polling that will be taken, and there will be some early returns saying these are the candidates that are stronger amongst these key demographics that Democrats need to have and recapture. You know those that Hillary lost out on in 2016. So yeah, I, I'm definitely looking forward to um, how all that shakes out. But uh, kind of a long-winded answer, but. I had a whole segment to kill, so I could be long-winded. Mark, appreciate your call as always. Thank you, my friend. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two coming up in mere moments right here. AM 1280, the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Back with another full hour on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Into the world. Closing time. Turn all of the lights on over every boy and every girl. It may not be stomach issues. For me, it's intense gas, or pain, or diarrhea, sometimes all at once, over and over. I spent years with the symptoms, but could never figure it out. No matter what I did, they never went away. So I decided to break it down for my doctor and get really specific about my symptoms. We discovered that exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, may be the reason for my stomach issues. EPI is caused by my pancreas. It leads to diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. The symptoms just don't go away. But EPI can show up with even one symptom. The good news? EPI is manageable. But to get to the right diagnosis, you have to break it down for your doctor and get specific about the severity of your symptoms. Visit IdentifyEPI.com to learn more and use the symptom checker to help change the conversation with your doctor. Brought to you by AbbVie. I'm Jan Markill, helping you understand the times. Atheism is one of the fastest growing social movements in the country. Yes, it is a movement, and it's gaining substantial political ground. How did it happen? Atheism is now the largest faith in America. According to the General Social Survey, the number of Americans who have no religion has increased 266% over the past three decades and now accounts for 23% of the population. As religiosity has declined, social ills have abounded. Nearly one in five American adults suffers from anxiety. One in six Americans take medication for this, a 65% surge in over 15 years. Clearly, nothing good is ever accomplished without God. Rather, society will fall apart. 
For more information, listen to our weekend program on this station or anytime at olivetreeviews.org. As leftist waves of false accusations, radical policy, and fake news continue to crash on shore, it's up to us to prevent our American values from eroding away. Join us in keeping the Twin Cities right and welcoming to town our newest on-air host. Dive in. Dinner and Discussion with Dr. Sebastian Gorka is a -a one-of-a-kind event at Minnesota Zoo's gorgeous Discovery Bay a unique space surrounded by a million gallons of water full of jellyfish, sharks, and all sorts of sea life. Immerse yourself in intelligent conversation about the heated 2020 presidential race, Dr. Gorka's time on staff at the White House, religious liberty, and much more. Dive in. Dinner and discussion with Dr. Sebastian Gorka arrives at port on Saturday, June 15th. This is an exclusive event, and seating is limited. Swim over to am1280thepatriot.com today. AM1280. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.